Hey everyone, I'm Colleen Conti, and we are so excited to have you with us today as we continue the conversation. This podcast is an opportunity for us to unpack scriptures right here at the table with friends. And today we are going to be talking through Genesis 1, 2, and a little bit of 3. It's going to be an amazing topic as we unpack the relationship of marriage. And so I'm excited to have amazing teachers with us. I want to introduce you to Brother Mike Davis. Well, good afternoon. So nice to visit with you. <laughs> We're so excited to have you with us today. Excited to hear what you have to say about marriage, just from a wise longevity in marriage. I love it. And then Pastor Patrick Ramos, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome. It's going to be a great conversation. Well, we're going to start in the beginning. So Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We're going to go straight to verses 26 through 28, but real quick, just unpacking for people. If you haven't read Genesis 1, 2, and 3, it'd be good to unpack that, but we are going to... Um, just talk through days one through six. So God created the heavens and the earth. He hovered over darkness. So we see the Trinity at the very beginning. And then he said, let there be light. There was light and darkness, sun and moon, six days of all the creation, birds, plants, animals, fish, all of it. And then day six, something different happens. You ready to unpack that? All right, let's do it. Verse 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Talk me through that. What, what was different about today when God says, let us make them in our image? Talk through that with me. Go Patrick. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's the first creation that is created after God's own image. I love it. And so that we are separate from the rest of creation, that we are unique. Mm. And most of all, that he had a plan and a purpose for this creation. That's awesome. That we are created to be like him, that God is three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we are both mind, body, and spirit. Mm, and good. so to keep that in mind, that God created us uniquely from the rest of his creation, and that again, during those six days of creation and the seventh day of rest, he had a plan and a purpose for all of it. And to keep in mind that he has a plan and a purpose for our own life. That's and so good. specifically, as we're talking today, in our marriage. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So it says in verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. You had a great thought about this before the podcast. Can you unpack that a little bit about his blessing? Yeah, for sure. And I, I love it says right there in 28, it says, God blessed them and then said to them, be fruitful and multiply, mm -hmm. fill the earth and subdue a rule over the fish in the sea. But before he gave them a list of commands to do, he blessed them. Mm. And, you know, he... It, it shows me that God didn't just want us uh, to give us a to-do list, mm -hmm. that he blesses us in our life, that he blessed Adam, yeah. and then he has a plan and a purpose for us. That's so and good. knowing that in our plan and our purpose here on earth in our marriage, that we are blessed in God's calling and God's purpose. I love that. I love that. Any thoughts? Well, we were all blessed by God before we became married. Mm. Um, Salvation is the greatest gift God ever gave me. Mm -hmm. Amen. The second greatest gift was my wife. I love that. <laughs> and she's a blessing to me, and we'll unpack that in a little bit. But what a gift, and it came from him because that's his nature to give. 
Yeah, every good and perfect gift. Every. From above. I love it. <laughs> Amen. I love that thought because I can get caught up in the to-do list for God, yeah. but to know that he blessed us before he ever gave us something to do, Absolutely. that we're human beings yeah. <laughs> more than human doings. I love That's it. Good. So then he continues in Genesis 2, and this is a, not a continuation of Genesis 1. It's a retelling of the story. So he kind of forms a new angle to share with us about the creation of man. So in verse 7, it says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Can you talk to me about that breath, the breath of life? Talk to me about it, Brother Mike. Man was complete and whole in his physical nature, but there was no life inside. Mm. And then God imparted life. In fact, all of us are living on borrowed breath. Mm. I took my first breath and God gave it to me, and when I have my last breath, he'll receive that. Mm -hmm. But the breath of life comes and it fills our soul. It changes mm -hmm. us from being just a living thing that's just there and going through life to suddenly Christ is inside of me and he fills my lungs. He gives me purpose. He gives me joy. It is the greatest feeling to know that God has breathed on you. That's so good. I that's love good. that. You know Pat, what? you were talking before the podcast yeah. about being a biology major. Talk to me about the miracle of life and what that means for you. Yeah, so before I came down the road of being a pastor, I was pre-med at LSU. I love uh, it. And so, yeah, tons of biology courses, and you you learn about the intricacies of, of life itself, mm -hmm. specifically about the human body and how wonderfully and perfectly God created us yeah. and how things work together from the cell wall and mitochondria and DNA You're and proteins. Oh, I know. Science. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> <No>. sorry. Mitochondria. <laughs> what is it like? Everybody learns mitochondria, powerhouse of the cell. I love uh, it. But, you know, you learn about the, the intricacies of that creation. But then again, like Brother Mike said, we weren't just uh, like all of the rest of creation, but God breathed life into us. Mm -hmm. He created a consciousness within us, one, in his own image, yes. but then two, to, to again, to carry out the plan and purpose of God. And, and as Christians, we have the breath of God inside each and every one of us. We have mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit yeah. living inside of us that- He is that breath. He's, yeah. yeah. He yeah. restores us, in a sense, to that creation of the mm -hmm. full, the fullness of the plan of God in our own life. That's awesome. I love that. The breath of God. Mm -hmm. I think it's Ruach in Hebrew. It's a, such, such a beautiful thought. So then it says this, it says, the Lord God in verse 15 took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. I always heard that, that man, Adam got a job before he got a wife. That's the way it should go, right? That's, that's a good plan. <laughs> Find that's a man a who's plan. got a job. I love it. I Amen. love it. So good. But I do think that is, can you speak to that a little bit, Pat, about God's purpose in our singleness before we find a spouse, or maybe we don't find a spouse, that God gave us purpose in that. Talk to me about it. Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's definitely important to note that God's plan, one, God's plan for creation was for marriage. We see him create Eve. But again, before that marriage, there was work to do. Mm -hmm. And that God's plan isn't for us to be saved. If that were to be saved and go straight to heaven, if that were the case, as soon as we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we'd go straight to heaven. Yeah, we got some work to do here. Yeah, he left us here for a reason, to, to work the ground, to subdue the earth, to, as Christians, now Christ gave us the Great Commission, to go yeah. into all the earth, to make disciples, to baptize them. And so God has a plan and a purpose for us. Sometimes it's before marriage, sometimes it's in the midst of our marriage, and sometimes it's after maybe the loss of a spouse. Mm -hmm. And so That's God good. has a plan and a purpose through all stages of our life. That's awesome. I love that thought, that God God has a purpose and yeah. a will for us in, in everything that he's doing. Um, and then it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Mm -hmm. I will make a helper 
suitable for him. Brother Mike, will you talk to us about marriage being God's plan, God's idea? Marriage didn't come about through a committee coming up with a plan. It didn't come about through culture or someone sitting down for weeks trying to think of uh, what could we do. God said, this is the best. Mm -hmm. He saved the last day of creation, and then he said, this is good. God said, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. We're not made in God's image in a physical sense, but we're made in God's image with a soul and spirit that is drawn to him. And when you find someone who's walking the same direction as you, when you find someone whose heart is the same as yours for the kingdom, it is such a gift. Mm -hmm. It is marvelous. It is life-giving, and it gets better the longer you walk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful to hear. I love that. I love you shared it. with me, Brother Mike, you know, you gave me, I don't know if you remember this, you gave me my first set of how to do a wedding. Oh. You know, when you first become a pastor, you, <laughs> he was my teacher back in HPSM, HIPCO. Uh, and so he gave me this kind of outline on how to do a wedding ceremony and in there, and I use it to this day, whenever I, I marry somebody, I always say that God didn't take, you know, a bone from Adam's head so that Eve should rule over him or take a bone from Adam's feet so that he should rule over her, but instead took a bone from his side so that she would walk alongside of him I and serve that. each other and help each other through life. And so I've always loved that, that picture of how God created Adam and Eve, Eve specifically, to come alongside Adam and serve each other through marriage. That's so good, a helpmate for him. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is the first time in Scripture that we see that's not good, right? That something is yes. not good. It's not good for man to be alone. So so he goes to take a helpmate. And so I love this. Just you spoiler alerted it for Sorry. me. No, that's good. I love it. <laughs> Verse 21, it said, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had mm. taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. You know, you talked a little bit about Adam sleeping. God can do so much when we get out of the way. <laughs> amen, <laughs> amen. And God brought the woman to the man. Mm. God had a gift that man needed and didn't even know he needed. Mm. And sometimes it takes a little while in God's making for people. In the fullness of time, God does things. I don't know how long Adam was laying there asleep. What I do know was while Adam was resting, God was working. Mm, God was good. working that's in the good, life of that young woman to get her ready or the young, that young man to get him positioned to take the responsibility. And when she showed up in the Mike Davis translation, he called her woman. I remember when I saw my wife. Whoa. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I love it. And so that's the opportunity. When God brings us someone, we know that's the best gift. It fits me better. He's thought more about it than any other gift I've ever received. And that's what the Bible says. He brought her to the man. I love that. It's I love good. it. And while we're, while we're wake, waiting and we're working, God's going to bring somebody beside us. That's really powerful. That's good. And the man said in verse 23, now th this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. You know, I think about that, that you weren't going and looking for her. You recognized her right beside you. That's right. You, you recognize <laughs> that here's a gift from God that absolutely fits me. Mm. And the longer you live together, the more you realize we are becoming one. We are exactly... Uh, my wife is the best fit for me out of all the other people in the world. Mm. I realize, boy, is she just what I need. Now, sometimes I don't like it when she says, <laughs> you need this. But the truth is, no one loves me more. No one 
wants the, the best for me better than God's gift. And it's just perfect. It, it's, I can't tell you how wonderful it is to be married mm-hmm. and to have someone who wants to share their life with you. That's good. And it's because we began in the beginning with God. That's mm. so good. Yeah, I, I think about that. Like our first relationship is with God, that he completes us. Because of Jesus Christ, we are complete. Yeah. But our spouse complements us. It's yes. Good. Her yes. strengths are your weaknesses, your strengths. Yes, and we both have a relationship with the Lord. Mm. Uh, one day, I will be a bride. <laughs> I'll be the bride of Christ. Mm. That's what the Bible says. I'll be married to Christ. I won't have to have uh, just the relationship with my wife. She'll be married to the Lord. I can't unpack that at this time, but I'm telling you, there's something wonderful when God's plan is working in our life. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. When two complete yes. whole beings in the Lord complement each other. I love it. Amen. Okay, so then we get to this. It says, verse 24, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Unpack that. That seems a little daunting. If I'm being honest, like <laughs> that seems a little like, whoo, I don't know how to do that. What What does becoming one flesh look like in our everyday marriages? Yeah, well, first of all, it's a miracle. Okay, good to know. <laughs> so we can't when, do it on our own. <laughs> when, we, when we get married, there's a miracle that takes place where mm-hmm. two become one. You know, and in our marriage and how we treat each other, how we act and what we say to one another, how we mm-hmm. serve alongside one another. It's really how, how would you treat yourself? That's how would good. you speak to yourself? Well, your spouse is yourself now. Wow. You are one, one in Christ. You are one flesh. And so you, you have to keep that in mind at all times. In the middle of arguments, mm-hmm. I'm sure we've all fallen short sometimes. Oh, and, yeah. In arguments and there's some, selfishness. Yeah. <laughs> there's some selfishness that maybe rises up, some pridefulness. Uh, but, but God, Christ calls us to humble ourselves, mm-hmm. to have some humility in our marriage, and to, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice as Christ sacrificed himself for us. And so we need to sacrifice ourself daily, mm. die to ourself, if you will, yeah. uh, and die to our own wants and desires to, to further our marriage, That's to good. further God's plan and purpose through our marriage. When you make that decision to get married, it's not just a, hey, we get to share a house and finances anymore. No, we share a life together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Our plan and purpose isn't Patrick's plan anymore. It's not Brother Mike's plan. It's not Con- uh, Colleen's plan. It is us and our spouse's plan in Christ. That's and so good. That's really cool. To do it life together. I like that. So by becoming one, neither one of us has to give up our brain. We don't have to give up our personality. But we blend together, and then you begin to think, and you multiply the wisdom, the understanding, the compassion, and it makes you a fuller, more rounded person. That's God's plan, too. Even in the church, he doesn't want anybody. No one can have all the power of the Holy Spirit by yourself. He says, where two or three are gathered together, that's where I am. So when you're in a marriage relationship, you are bringing even more of the power of the Spirit to work in your life, and it is marvelous. I love that. It's good. I love that, and I love that no matter where you are in your journey, the power of relationship, you you weren't meant to complete God's purpose and plan alone. Whether you're single and doing it in relationship with others, or whether you're in marriage, that God's purpose can only be accomplished with others together. That's so powerful. And and relationship is the root of what God wants. He wants us to be open with Him. Mm. And so we have to learn to be open with each other. That's good. And uh, that comes with time. Uh, I do like the part where it says in the King James Bible that he should leave his father and mother. That needs to be important in today's generation. Move out of the basement and come on out and get out there and find some girls. But second, 
there's a cleaving. That word means to grab a hold of and hold on to. Mm. And when we get married, we cling to each other. Mm. Uh, it's fun sometimes to see the older couples in church walking through the halls holding hands. Yeah. Uh, when I grow up, I want to be like that. <laughs> That's good. Leave and cleave. I love it. So then it goes um, into verse 25. And I do want to take a minute and unpack this. I know in mixed company, but just in honesty and humility, the intimacy of this moment. In verse 25 says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. You know, I think of marriage just being a space of vulnerability, of total acceptance. Can you unpack that a little bit? What does that look like, the intimacy of marriage? And what did that look like in Genesis 2? Yeah. And so I kind of, to look at this verse, you kind of have to jump ahead a little bit to Genesis chapter 3. You know, and again, God, this is before the fall at the end of Genesis chapter 2. That's so good. So they are living in perfection Mm -hmm. and living in God's creation and and its fullness and its wholeness and its holiness. Mm -hmm. But then in Genesis 3, we see Adam and Eve sin. They eat of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they fall. And with sin comes shame, comes guilt, Mm. comes all of the above with sin. And so when we are with our spouse, we have to understand, one, Christ died for our sin, Mm -hmm. that we're not under that bondage, that shame, that guilt anymore. Yeah. And that with our spouse, God created us to be fully transparent, fully open with one another. And I think in our homes, you know, that's the one place I think a lot of us feel probably the most safe. And But I think sometimes we even withhold some stuff from our mm-hmm. spouse. We try to withhold some stuff from God sometimes yeah. because of shame, because of guilt, because of sin. And so when we, when we give our lives to Christ, when we are Christians, when we are followers of Christ, we we have to think back to how does God want us to live? Mm-hmm. He wants us to live guilt-free, shame-free. He wants us to live in the fullness that he has called us to, mm-hmm. not just with him, but in our relationships, in our relationships with our spouse first and foremost, mm-hmm. but also in our relationships with others. And so to, to remember that God created us perfect and holy, and he created us to share our lives with one another in fullness and openness and transparency with yeah. one another. So in a marriage relationship, you learn to look past uh, the physical. You learn to look past the surface. Uh, we look at our spouse uh, to know them really. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people have come into a marriage with some injuries, some hurts, some baggage from yeah. the past. Yeah. And in Christ, you can look past that. You can see the real person, and you're not looking at, at the damage or, the, or the, the emotional stress that's on their life. Uh, for me... When I was reading this passage, I thought of a child running through the house with no clothes on, mm. just happy and free, and I'm not, not ashamed of anything, just, hey, this <laughs> is life. When we're in Christ, that shame is taken away. He, he took our place, as, as Patrick said. That gives us a freedom then to really be ourselves. Mm. like I have to be myself with God. I, I can't hide anything. Well, then I can be myself with my wife, mm-hmm. and usually she knows already anyway. And so she knows me and knows what I'm thinking and, and, you know, what makes me upset and what makes me joyful. And so I just encourage us all, it's a place to live without shame. Mm-hmm. And it begins because God says, I'll put you in a relationship that'll be there and be strength for you. I love mm. that. Yeah. That's good. In the intimacy, in the, in the marriage that you would just work past that. And I, I think you even talked about like if, if you bring things into that, like there's counseling, there's, there's spaces for you. Yeah. I mean, like we have pastoral counseling here mm-hmm. at Healing Place. When you bring that baggage, that hurt, that past into your marriage, 
you know, we have pastoral counseling. We have secular counselors that we recommend people to. Yeah. Christian counselors here in Baton Rouge, there's Christian counselors in every city across America. Mm-hmm. And so we would love to to connect you with one of those people. And you can search those people out on your own too, but it's so important to to talk through these issues. Yeah. To not hold them inside, bottle them up, and let that overflow into how you speak to your spouse, how you treat your spouse, yes. because that's what happens, yeah. is you hold those emotions in, and then you end up lashing out and hurting those who are closest to you, who is, again, oneness in Christ, mm-hmm. oneness in your marriage. And so you have to you have to be careful and and take steps to to have bring healing to your own life. Yeah. <laughs> you learn to live in freedom so you can laugh at your own mistakes. Mm-hmm. You learn to live in freedom so that... Um, the things that others would be ashamed of, you can just go, well, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. That's, and it gives you such a uh, a liberty, such a joy, and home then becomes something more than just a place you go to eat and sleep. It becomes a sanctuary mm-hmm. because that's where I'm at my best. I can be free there, and I can, as Patrick said, I can also give love there and mm-hmm. understanding and kindness. I love that. Amen. I love that. That's so, so powerful to think like this is a space where honesty and vulnerability does bring freedom. That's where honesty and vulnerability, where you can be naked and feel no shame is where you can be freest with your spouse in the context of marriage. I love that. It's so, so powerful. You know, I think what Gary Thomas said, this question, I thought it was so powerful. It says, what if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? Mm. You know, I think sometimes we go into marriage thinking, ah, this is going to be the best. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be, but you know, can you just speak to that for, for those who are married and maybe walking through something really hard? Maybe, I, I don't know what that situation is, but how do we say, hey, we're in this for life. We are walking through this together and, and we're going to commit to that and bring that honesty, vulnerability, bring that struggle. How, how do we do that how, when God created us and knowing where it's on purpose? Well, in the wedding ceremony, typically, we make a vow before our friends and family, mm-hmm. but really we're making a vow before God and we say, I'm going to be there for you. Mm-hmm. I will. I not only I take you, but I give myself to you. And here's my pledge, and I give you a ring, and vice versa. Those things God hears. Mm-hmm. And God wants us to live up to those vows. I think it's a dangerous thing to go to a wedding because if I'm there as, and I'm watching, and I'm watching a young couple make commitments, then I'm also saying to them, I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to be a witness to I'm that. Go, I'm oh, going yeah. to stand with you in this. We're, we're going to help you get through this. And, you know, because you've got to learn to become one and, mm-hmm. and there's some changing. And, and I feel like one of the greatest things that happens in church is when we see a, a, a couple come together, whatever age they may be, and they find that fullness that God has for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a pastor, it is so much fun to watch them and look at each other like a couple of bags of M&Ms. I could mm-hmm. just gobble you up. And they have the joy of the Lord that comes forth. That's the picture the world wants to see, that there is hope in life yeah. and there's hope in doing life and I don't have to be alone. That's mm. so good. That's so good. Yeah. I think at its best, marriage is what you said. Marriage is a reflection yes. of what God's perfection looked like in the garden. Mm. Marriage is a reflection of hope, of love, of fulfillment, of purpose. Mm-hmm. And But you also said sometimes it doesn't always look like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's heart heartache, heartbreak. There's sadness, there's depression, there's loss through life. Mm-hmm. And so your question, how do you how do you fulfill God's plan and purpose? How do you make it look like yeah. the garden? Is it's it's truly by sharpening one another. Mm-hmm. It's truly by coming together, by being one, by 
showing the love of Christ. And it, it really is only possible with Christ at the yeah. center. Amen. You yeah, know, that's it was, good. It was told to me in my marriage counseling, you know, God's up here, you know, Patrick's over here, Sarah's right here. Well, as you grow closer to God, as you grow closer to God, you grow closer to one another. And that's really the only way mm -hmm. is if you're growing apart, you're growing apart because you're not chasing God together. And so as marriage is to, to be the true light into the world, mm -hmm. to be light into darkness, it's to grow closer to God first and foremost. And as you do that, you grow closer to one another through that process. I love that. That's the beauty of being in a church also to watch others who've walked. There are a couple of mile markers in front of you, mm -hmm. and you can observe them and see the, the things that they have learned to do, and like being in church and sitting together or being in church and watching your children, watching you give in the offering. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that strengthen families. Uh, and so how do we get that done? Well, the best thing to do is go to God's word. He's the maker anyway. He was in the beginning. He knows exactly what he's doing. I love to, for people to get into God's word and, and listen to what he says. And he will give us the, the recipe, for lack of a better term, of how to develop our marriage and make it the best it can be. I love that. I love that. And I think we unpack that in even some of the other podcast, we're going to talk through, you know, submitting to one another, honoring one another, serving one another. It's, it's just some great, great stuff in the word about how to actually live like Jesus did. Yeah. So it's powerful. That's I love good. that. Can you just real quick offer yeah. some encouragement to those maybe that are in blended marriages, blended families? I know you, you said you yeah. had a journey through that. So yeah. And so hope and encouragement for sure. So I come from a broken household. My parents were divorced when I was four years old. Mm -hmm. My mom remarried. I have two older half-brothers, three younger half-siblings, and my my word to everybody listening is that God can redeem everything. Yes. <laughs> he can and he does. And I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what people are walking through, but God sees them. Mm -hmm. God sees exactly where they are. And when you commit your life to Christ, again, he redeems, he can redeem it all if you'd submit that. to him. I wouldn't be standing here if it weren't for for my parents, awesome. if I weren't for my stepdad. And so I'm so thankful for what God has for me. And Sarah's from the same thing. Sarah has a broken past as well. Both of her parents were divorced. And so God has redeemed it all. God has used that. And then in my own life and what I speak over my marriage now is we don't even say the word divorce. Mm, that's good. We don't allow that to be brought up. It's not an option. Again, we made a covenant before God, before right. others, and we believe that that is holy. We mm -hmm. believe that God has a plan and a purpose for us, and we don't want to disrupt God's plan and purpose for That's us. That's so, so good. We don't even say the divorce word in our own home. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so powerful. Well, can you just take a minute, Brother Mike, would you pray over marriages? Would you pray over those in relationship, just the covenant between them, each other, and the Lord? And just pray over marriages as we close out today. Lord, we're grateful that in the beginning you had a plan. And what you do is perfect, complete, entire. It doesn't lack on any side. Lord, your plan was for men and women to be married, man to a woman, woman to a man, so that we can have the fullness of your presence in our life. No one of us have it all, but oh, when you put us together. Thank you for the marriages that are listening to us today. We pray your blessing upon them. We pray your strength. Mm -hmm. We pray yes, your health yes. for those places where they've been in dark or difficult days or, yes, or maybe they've struggled with sickness or maybe they've struggled with debt mm -hmm. or, or some other debilitating condition. Lord, we ask that you would bring your yes, healing power there. into their world. Yeah. We thank you for the families that are doing well, that are blessed, and they're raising their children to be godly young men and women. Mm -hmm. We thank you, Father, that our church is only as strong is the homes that we represent. Mm. And we pray, God, that you would use this, this podcast 
to speak hope and life into people, mm-hmm. Lord, so that they can understand that you said who they are and what they're doing is good in your eyes. Amen. We give you praise for it now in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, that seems like a great way to end the conversation today. Just praying over you, encouraging you as we walk with you in your marriages, in your journeys, in your relationships. So thanks so much for joining us today as we continue the conversation. Maybe you want to continue the conversation with your spouse, with friends, with your small group or family. Go ahead and come back to the table. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast each week so that you don't miss a single episode. But we'll see you right back here as we continue the conversation right at this table.